0: Hey, guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into to the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by our great friends over at Ingalls. And welcome back to our summer guest series. It is in full force Mac, there may be some listeners who listen um, in more of the northern part of the country, and maybe it's not super summery yet for them. <laughs> but May, to me, has always kind of meant, okay, summer's here. May, June, July, August, even some of September, it can feel like summer. So we're in it right, right now.
0: <laughs> we're in the, the thick of it. It's funny you say that, though, because, again, we're, we're doing this early. KG is about to have the baby. At the time you guys are watching this, Baby boy's out. He's living <gasps> life. He's doing it's so. It's so
1: trippy for me to realize that. But Crazy. yeah.
0: We're we're going into the future a little bit and it's weird. <laughs> um, but so this past weekend, you know, I was up in Bristol and it was freezing cold. Of and I'm course. just like, uh, how miserable. How do they do that? When I come back home, it's 80 degrees and beautiful. Yeah. So it's summertime here in the south, and the summer uh guest list is absolutely rolling. It's we hopping. had Stanford Steve last week. If you missed that, go check it out. Some fun, uh just intel on his career, which is crazy to see really honestly two people back to or, or, or relatively back to back here with Stanford Steve and Debbie who like created their careers like they, yes. they had to find their own path very unconventional you know fr- from the average person I guess that does this so you know it, it's very fun and you guys will hear that in the story in the interview in and here in a second
1: no Mac it's a great point and I say this and I'm not flattering. I mean, I love Debbie and Debbie's been a mentor to me and has been super helpful. And I'm not just saying this because this is her episode. I'm not sure I'm doing this without Debbie because she literally created her career and helped grow Women's Hoops in such a major way and created more inventory. So there are games for me to call and for a bunch of other people to call. So we'll get into her story with that, Mac, and it's just a really, really cool story. Before we tell you about Ingalls, here's here's a little bio on Debbie, okay? She is a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, which is huge. She's a, she's a Hall of Famer. As a player, marketing executive, and broadcaster, Debbie Antonelli has been a major influencer in women's college basketball, and I would say college sports in general, and has served as an analyst for ESPN. For 35 years, she has called games, as she says here in our show, including games on ACC Network, Longhorn Network, SEC Network. I mean, she's she calls men's games for CBS. If there's a network that has aired basketball, Debbie has been on that network.
0: <laughs> uh, and even creating her own networks, KG. I mean, it's unbelievable what this trailblazer of a woman can do. It's really fun. You guys are going to enjoy this story. But she also draws inspiration from her middle son, Frankie, who I know very well is a Clemson Life student, uh, has graduated. I actually got to MC and, and speak, excuse me, at his graduation, which was so much fun uh, to, to see that. He's also a Special Olympic athlete and debbie has created an initiative where she's shooting free throws for 24 hours Uh, over the past two years team Antonelli has raised over six hundred and thirty five thousand dollars for special olympics by making free throws and guys she's making free throws like it's so impressive the percent what what's she say 90 93
1: percent she makes 93 93 percent of her free throws over a 24 hour span
0: unbelievable how many total do you know the number it's 100 an um, hour. Well, right? she makes
1: 100 an hour. Yeah, so 24.
0: Crazy, crazy. I mean, she goes nuts. It's unbelievable. She's also a lifetime member of the K Yao Cancer Fund Board of Directors, selected by Coach Yao to carry on out her vision for the fund. So she's big time, and we busy as all get out. We squeezed this in. We made this interview happen, uh, and, and it was a lot of fun, KG.
1: She is the busiest person I know, for sure. And yes. that's because she's just in so much demand. So we say this a little bit when we get into the interview. The Nothing But Net 24-hour marathon just finished as we're releasing this on Monday. So she, I, I know it went well as we're looking into the future. But before we get to Debbie, our great partner at Ingalls, we love them so much, as you guys know. And this is the perfect reason to go to Ingalls to stock up, right? And I know that the Nothing But Net just happened. But if you were, if you can somehow see into the future and listen to this... One thing I love about Ingalls, I mean, there's so many things, but I love they have a Starbucks in pretty much every store. There's, I, it, may, it may sound basic, but I love doing a little shopping with an iced coffee, Mac. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And you're going to need a little caffeine to stay up 24 hours to watch Debbie shoot these free throws. So it's a perfect place to stop, get that Starbucks. I just love that added little feature Come on. in Ingalls.
0: You know, it just makes you feel good when you're walking around with your coffee or, for me, hot chocolate. Here's a message from our friends over at Ingalls. Did you know that Ingalls sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department, or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings.
1: Debbie, welcome in to the show. We want to start with your upcoming event, 24 Hours Nothing But Net, which will happen Mother's Day weekend. We're recording this a little early. Of course, we're putting it out right after Mother's Day, so we know the event already went really well. We can look into the future and we can see So we want to talk about so many things with you today and and your journey to to how you got to where you are now. But I want to start with this event because it's a huge deal. And it's, of course, right around this time. So tell the listeners and the viewers a little more about the event. And if you want, tell us how your training is going, because I know the training (laughs) process is very, very serious. Are you talking about this? Yes, your
2: finger. (laughs) A broken finger? Well, the training has been going well, with the exception of a a little mishap in the gym. Um, In uh, April 25th, uh, I had a free throw burpee routine I was doing with the UNC Asheville players while I was in Asheville prior to emceeing an event for them. And uh, I clipped uh, the ball off the tip of my finger, and it fractured my index finger on my left hand. Thankfully, I finished the workout before I went for the x-rays, and um, it's definitely... uh, An issue to deal with, but it's just uh, another little pebble in your shoe on your way to trying to raise a million dollars for Special Olympics. Uh, But but thanks for asking. The the free throw burpee routine is definitely a a club I'm forming, and I expect both of you to be in the club. Uh, I'll give you Kelly a little time. Because we're taping this post uh, or pre-baby, I'm sure you're going to be post-baby by the time this this airs. So, um, we'll, I'll give you a little time, but I expect you both—you um, will be rewarded with a nice free throw burpee t-shirt that I'm creating. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Excellent. okay,
0: that's big time. That's big time. So, uh, Debbie, just for for those that maybe don't know, I, I know you could talk about that for hours, but jump into to 24 hours, nothing but net, and you know, why you decided to do it, how you came up with shooting for 20 till your arm falls off, all these different things. And and we'll probably poke and prod about that.
2: Well, first of all, you two are both great teammates because you've supported me from the beginning. And I'm so grateful for that. This is year five. In the first four years, we raised $635,000. I hope at the time that this airs that we'll be closer to a million, which is my goal. But uh, I was trying to come up with a way that I could use my platform to impact Special Olympics. I have three boys. My middle son, Frankie, is a Special Olympic athlete, also a graduate of the Clemson Life Program, which makes us super proud. Uh, He is still living at Clemson, living uh, independently with support and works a couple of jobs. So Special Olympics and sport has been a huge part of our life. And I know a lot of families like mine need a place for their kid to train and organize and compete and socialize. And uh, this is a great landing spot. Special Olympics has meant so much to our family. I wanted to figure out a way that I could help some other families. And so, Shoot Till Your Arm Falls Off is definitely a part of my platform on the air. And I was um, the origination of it, really. Not many people know this, is uh, for six summers prior to me creating this event, I was doing a 115 foot shot challenge every day in July because. Uh, back now we're going almost 10 plus years ago. Uh, I was kind of concerned that, you know, players have access to the gym and a dish and they can plug in their iPhone and play music, hit the trainer on the way in, hit a massage on the way out, get the shot doctor out there. They have incredible ways that they can train in an air conditioned facility. And I I want players to shoot you know, you can dribble and tennis balls and rubber bands and all that other training stuff that happens in our game, but the ability to shoot the ball on the women's side is so important. Yeah. So, that's been my platform on offense and for 6 years every every day in the summer I'd wear a different college t-shirt and I would go out and I'd make 15 I'd make 115 footers in my driver or wherever I was and wear that college shirt and then challenge that team and I put a time on my shooting one day. And it was sliding across the free throw line from elbow to elbow, sliding. Now, I'm not going elbow to elbow. I'm sliding, like shoot, slide, shoot, slide. So I had one ball, one rebounder, and I timed myself. How fast could I make 100 free throws sliding on the free throw line? Well, I made 100 out of 104 in 5 minutes and 32 seconds. And I thought, well, that's not embarrassing. That's actually... You know, this is like ten years That's ago. That's so pretty take, darn good. <laughs> take take ten years off my life, and then think about me doing this with a uh, Marissa Kostanic. Actually, was my rebounder that day at NC State, and uh, who played at NC State was a great player at NC State. So, um, and my husband Frank, you know, he was on the clock. So it, it's like um, Ernest with the uh, uh, you know having the Ernest and Young with the the proper time and all that. Right, There's right. no no fudging. No fudging. He wouldn't give me a second, honestly. Uh, but uh, the the um, the challenge was starting to get stale because um, coaches loved it. They were talking about it, but I needed something different. And I figured, why don't I figure out a way to monetize my shooting? Because I'm still shooting it. What, how can I monetize it? And that's how my friend ran the New York City Marathon. I was like, I'm intrigued by the word marathon. I can't run the marathon. Uh, all right, let's try this free throw shooting marathon. I called Special Olympics South Carolina, and they are like, okay, you know. Let's try it. Wow. <laughs> and that's sort of how, that's the, the basic uh, origins of it without getting too deep in the weeds.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. that's, I didn't know the, the way back origins of it, Debbie. That's really cool. And we know, of course, we'll put this out right afterwards, but we know it went very well, even uh, as you push through a little bit of a finger setback. But let's start at the beginning of your story, if we can, Debbie. And I, I know your story pretty well, but I want our listeners and viewers to know it. You were a standout basketball player at NC State, played for the legendary head coach Kay Yao. And of course, you're now a lifetime member of, of the Kay Yao board. And you've gone on to become one of the premier basketball broadcasters in the business, men or women. Obviously did a lot of women's to start, but now you do the Staley men's tournament. You you do, I feel like every Duke game, every Duke men's game this year, Debbie <laughs> was on the call. So give us the... Maybe a little bit of a condensed version because I know the story could, you've told me the story and it's, it was a journey. But how did you basically create a career for yourself that you really hadn't seen many other people have?
2: Yeah, you know, well, thank you, Kelly, for those kind words. Um, this is my just finished my 35th year on the air calling college basketball, and that's not something I ever believed would ever happen. Uh, I've been so fortunate and so blessed, and I never take a, a one day for granted that I get to do this incredible job that they pay you for around gyms and calling games. It's amazing, uh, and I love it, and I still love it as much as I did from the, from the beginning, probably more now. Uh, but the um, so I was uh, running a parallel path with wanting to be an athletic director and wanting to be a coach when I graduated from NC State. Uh, I went to grad school at Ohio University, got my master's in sports administration. My first job was at the University of Kentucky. I went in as an intern in marketing and fundraising, and I wanted to stay on the external affairs side of college athletics because I thought that was a path for me with my skill set and personality to become an athletic director. I didn't want to be on the internal side of things. And so uh, we were uh, in the office one day and the local cable company came. This is in 1988. Uh, and ESPN is a little over 10 years old. The only women's basketball game on television is the CBS National Championship. Never crossed my mind that that could be a career opportunity or a path. I never saw any women's games on TV. I never played on TV. So wow. it was an interesting um, time when they came and said, we think the local cable company, we think we can produce sports. And we said, well, let's try a women's basketball game. I was 23. I did the game. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And then it turned into me being able to, through my four years at Kentucky and then my four years at Ohio State, um, when I got to Ohio State, my time at Ohio State coincided with the great Katie Smith. Mm -hmm. And and Ohio State was already a very good women's basketball program with a following And so when I got the job at Ohio State as the director of marketing and licensing, I was 27 years old. I went down to the local cable company and I asked them if they could produce sport. They said, we don't know. We never tried. I said, well, tell me what it would cost. Figure it out. I'll sell it. We'll put the games on. And that was the launch of the Ohio State Women's Basketball Television Network. And it kept me on the air. So it was uh, able to I did my job. But I also got to call the games and that just kept me uh, alive in the industry. And then uh, after our first son was born, I uh, decided that I didn't think I could manage my job at Ohio State the way I had managed it with travel and everything. And let's give this TV and radio thing a full time go. And it was um, it, it just worked out. I mean, it's it's incredible, a, a path that uh, I had to create for myself that um If I hadn't made those choices or hadn't been put in those positions, thank the good Lord that I was able to to make those options available for myself and for Ohio State. And it really, from a career standpoint and and from a director of marketing licensing standpoint, it definitely was right in line with marketing and promoting the women's game. And when, when you sit in that seat as a director of marketing and you have 31 head coaches that, not football and men's basketball as much, but you have the other ones at Ohio State, which at the time was the largest athletic department with the largest budget. And I'm talking about like 91, 92, when it was 31 sports and a $33 million budget. Now it's like 330 million. You know? <laughs> so It's changed significantly, but um, it was, um, it's something I look back on now and go, wow, that was a really fortunate that, that it worked out so that I could be sitting here today. Mm. Wow.
0: I mean that that's that's incredible. KG's going to jump into some more change that maybe we've seen with college athletics here in a second but I mean t- to go from creating your own lane like that to ESPN like when did when and how did that happen? You know, when, when you're when you're on with those guys.
2: So, uh, you know, I've been on the air for 35 years, as I said, but the first 28 years of my career had zero security. I did not have a contract uh, like we have contracts today with ESPN. I was working for all these different networks and I was literally calling a game a night. I mean, I could my schedule at one point with three kids, which thankfully I have a, a great husband who who is supportive of what I'm doing. But my schedule would be like this Thursday. I would be in the SEC. Friday would be my travel day to the Big Twelve. Saturday in the Big Twelve. Sunday ACC. Monday ACC. Tuesday Big East. Wednesday back to the Big Twelve. Thursday in the SEC. And I would go on that rotation, and there would be like three weeks where I would have fourteen games in sixteen different cities, or fourteen or fourteen games in sixteen days in fourteen different cities. So it, it was an incredible run. Like I was on the air every night and. And then I'd get to a point where ESPN would call me and say, hey, can you do this game? And I'd say, well, uh, I already have one. So I never ditched what I had to stay loyal to the packager and the conferences to take ESPN. And there was a point where ESPN was only doing about 80 games on the women's side. I was doing 80 by myself, so there wasn't enough inventory for them to hire me. And uh, then finally, there... I got the great opportunity to work for ESPN in 2017 when they hired me full time. And that's been, um, you know, it's been an interesting path to get to that. But uh, that time during the first 28 years when coaches get ready to go to those spring meetings and they could say, you know what, that Antonelli, eh, we don't like what she talked about. We don't want her anymore. That could have very easily happened for me. And thankfully, it didn't. Wow. I mean, just
1: straight up traveling the globe, the the United States, finding a way to call games, the the grind there, Debbie, I can't even imagine. So I want to ask you kind of a broader question here. And I've asked my mom this a little bit because she played uh, tennis at Duke around the time that you played basketball at NC State.
2: And she okay, tells me. All right. Thanks for thanks for doing that right there. No, that was really no. My I right actually there. think, no, 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 you are a few years younger. You are definitely.
1: <laughs> um, but she tells You're, us, I mean, they didn't have, you know, there, there were so many things they didn't have compared to she would take a white van down to Tallahassee and we flew yeah. on a private plane. Like the difference is just amazing. So from you playing in the early days of Title IX to now and, and covering it so closely, and now we're officially in the NIL world, like it's, it's changed so much. How do you feel college athletics has changed and what do you feel remains the same?
2: Well, I don't like when people say that uh, hard work and determination and perseverance are old school traits. I hear that a lot. Or I don't like it when you see a player that's early for practice and stays late and they think that that's exceptional. I I think that's what you should be doing. So that's the part that um, I don't really like to give a free pass to anyone on that because we forget that you are on a full scholarship and you will not have debt from your academic um, work, right? So that is one thing that, as a parent paying three tuitions, uh, it makes makes me appreciate it even more. Um, the 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 um, Our time um, at NC State, we had the best of the best at that time because we had Kay Yao and Norland Finch, and they made sure that we had what we needed to compete. And uh, but when we flew one time in my four years charter wow. to yeah. Iowa. Not charter, um, commercial to Iowa, and um, I, I remember distinctly this one time when we were playing a doubleheader with the men at Clemson, and we load the buses behind Reynolds' men's bus, our bus. We get, we all load up. We both leave. We get to the RDU exit. The guys go. We keep going. Wow! And we arrive at the hotel basically the same time. And I remember thinking, Wow, that's that's really, you know, why do they get to fly and we don't? However. I say this to my youngest son, Patrick, all the time because he's a D2 point guard and they don't fly anywhere. They drive and bus and they're on the bus late at night. I would not trade one moment on the bus with my teammates. I wish players today understood the value of that. You know, charter flights initially were for academic purposes. Well, there's no academic reason why we charter now if they use it as lip service. I mean, Half the kids going to college now don't even go to class. They just Zoom in their class or they do it later online. Um, so uh, I, that's the part that I wish we had a little bit more value and understood the, the impact that your academic experience and the experience with your teammates is what matters. Because I'm 30 plus years removed from playing and my teammates are still my best friends, my high school and my college teammates. So um, that's the part that that uh, I, I, I think I wish kids could experience the other part about the name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, all of that. I mean, everything around tough love on the portal is is interesting to me. Everyone always thinks the grass is greener on the other side. You, you hope that if you make that move, you factored in the academic situation and the financial things because, you know, the percentage of the kids that go in the portal that actually come out and land with a scholarship is not very good, and that's disheartening that Somebody who had a full ride puts themselves in jeopardy by putting themselves in the portal just because they didn't get enough playing time or they weren't willing to, you know, work harder in some situations. Obviously, the portals, event, uh, I'm not dissing the portal. There's kids that go in there and and need the portal. But um, now that the kids are getting paid, I don't do anything for free. Mm. I mean, I, that's the way I look at it. If you want I like that, Debbie, something you, you, that's the first line. I said, well, the kids are getting paid now. Do you know how many free things I've probably done over my 35 years for hmm. universities? And, uh, I, I, I just can't even imagine uh, how many times somebody has called me to speak or to come and I, and do something. And I say, okay, sure. You know, but now I'm like, okay, well, the kids are getting paid. Well, you have to, well, we don't have a budget for that. Well, I guess then I can't come because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Prices gone just, up. I love the it. Prices has, has gone up. You you got to. I mean, <laughs> everybody has money. They all have money. They sure. just don't want to. It depends on how they want to spend it. So that's right. I, if the kids are making money, that's that's the attitude that that I got to take into it. Um, I do think this though. I I hope that with the amount of money that some of these kids are making, I know they need it for necessities and survival. But I think giving and giving and service. Are two skills that I wish everyone yeah. could learn. I think those yeah. are skills you need to learn, and uh, I hope that um, I hope that the money that they get, they'll learn to be philanthropic with it as well as save it.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. It's such a a different era. I mean, all, all these different problems that just didn't exist even when we were playing. Uh, it, it's very different. Um, I, I do want to dive into the women's game real quick because we saw this past season. I mean, just an explosion, you know, with, with viewers, with excitement, with social media, with the actual games, you know, being played, and and you know, bona fide superstars, you know, everywhere you look in, in the women's game. Um, how I guess do you see that continuing to grow? What what will it take to to mm-hmm. even grow even more from where it is? And just I mean, how how cool is it for for someone that played this sport? Like you said, you, you never played on TV. And now we're, you know, having a championship game where 12 million people are tuning in.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's quite remarkable. And for somebody like me, I'm thrilled that finally, you know, all the years of investment and in the conversation and being a stakeholder in the game to see this kind of um, activity on the women's side happen. But it's not like I'm sitting back and, and being complacent. I think there are some things that we need to, to do to move forward. I will say this, the 9.9 million rating it's probably five million new viewers, and I fear that we lost some because of the way it was handled post game. I do believe Caitlin Clark is the reason why people tuned in to watch. I think her stock and her skill—you've uh, heard me say this a million times—the product is the narrative. Mm-hmm. The product is really good, and Caitlin Clark was driving the product this off or this this uh, championship season. Now, Angel Reese obviously had something to do with it as well, but her celebrity came after. Caitlin's celebrity was already what built us to the 9.9, so I give her a major props for that, and not just the way she plays, how hard she works, how she handles her responsibility in the media, what a great ambassador, how much she cares about the game. I've never heard her say anything about me, me, me. It's always team, and she leads with that, and so she is... um, Really a textbook study in um, popularity and celebrity and how to handle it because she's done it so remarkably well and seems unbothered by the additional pressure that comes with the responsibility that she has gained. And she takes that very seriously. And I, I consider myself to be uh, uh, have a good relationship with Caitlin, uh, and it's, it's something that I've built over time with her. It wasn't just that all of a sudden she became great and I started paying attention. I've been paying attention to her for a long time. So uh, she's she's a remarkable person. But I think there are a lot of things that we can do now. I've always said, you know, the product is a narrative, the price, the promotion and the place come after, you know, you, you can try to, you know, I use an example of um, if you go to the grocery store and the end cap has a great spot where they have a special product and they put a price on it and a promotion and it's just a, a crappy product. It doesn't matter what the price promotion or place is. you're not going to buy it. So the product's really good on the women's side, and I, I've been saying that for a long time. But building individual household names right. is really critical to the success of the women's game.
1: Completely agree, and I think we saw that this year. There were arguably at at times more household names on the women's side than the men's side, and and that's why people could get into the women's side as well. But
0: yeah, I, I don't. Hey, I don't think that's even an art. Yeah. I think it's just a fact. I mean, when when True. you look at that. I mean, I'm watching this tournament for the men's, and I'm just like, who, who are these people? Like, <laughs> right. Who is this? And I'm watching the women's. I'm like, okay, one, two, three, four, yeah. five, like all these super. And even the the crazy thing that I saw that a statistic I can't remember if it was nil or I think it was social media following. Yeah, the women like dominated. Like yeah. the the first guy was at like eight. So the excitement is, is all there, and I, I just. You know even before I had my daughter Amelia, you know I've been you know such a supporter of just sport and and we talked about this on on your podcast, Debbie, but to see it growing at the pace that it is is very exciting, very exciting.
2: well, you know for for the longest time, I've had so many TV executives and people that I hold in high esteem that have counseled and helped me throughout my career talk about, you know, building stock and individuals like building some star power, like who are the top five star power players in the ACC on the men and the women's side and how do we build around them so that we can promote the game, especially on the women's side, because you need to figure out uh, what's the best way to put them in a position to show everyone how great they are. Like, how do we do that? So like Kelly, you do that in studio when you're in the studio on Thursday nights, you know, we're talking star power, a lot of it. You know, um, I'm a big believer in this because we don't get a lot of coverage in general. When we do, we have to keep it on the product. I don't want to see some silly stuff going on uh, when we need, to be talking about how good a player is, a breakdown of their skill set. Remember who the audience is at Women's College Basketball.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Before this year's championship, and I don't know what the demographic is on this year, but before that, I was told that it was 70% white, 60% male, 61 is the average age. Think about who is watching our game. Now, the 5 million new viewers, I'm sure that demographic has changed a little bit. But when you think about that, and think about who's watching. you got to think about how you're delivering the product while you're, you're educating and teaching and introducing these personalities that are great players to people that are watching. I think that's how we continue to build star power around the game, and I'm always trying to do that.
1: Yeah. Sports fans. I think sports fans are watching. I mean, people who want to see yeah. great games and, and, and great uh, superstars. And, of course, Debbie, we're very excited when we eventually get to call Amelia McClain's
2: first game for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, I'll be there. I will. They'll have to drag me out. I'll be there. Let's go.
0: Come on. I love (laughs) that.
2: (laughs) Kelly and I will be both analysts on the game. Maybe we'll just skip the (laughs) play by play. We'll just both call it. Who needs it? Yeah. I love that. Debbie
1: and I are calling Amelia's first game. There's no doubt. Okay. Well this is the perfect segue to mother's day then because we're putting this episode out right after mother's day. And you brought up that grind you had where you were doing, you know, seven games in, in a week and you have three kids, you have three boys. And I'm very interested in this answer because the advice, I think, is going to be huge. And, of course, for Mac, too. And I've seen Mac balance it, and I've been very impressed so far. Mac's kind of given me hope that, you know, it can be done. And, of course, you, too, Debbie. But give me some advice. Like, how did you handle, especially when your kids were young, still being able to be 100% into your career but also 100% mom? Mm -hmm.
2: So uh, I haven't slept since 1995, (laughs) That's the first thing I would say okay. when Joey was born, the first one. Uh, and I have not had a day off and I'm not looking for one. So let me just say that right up front. So you ha- know how my mind works. Like I'm not looking for her to this day. Still, I'm not at the beach with a chair and a book. That has never happened for me yet. I don't know when that will happen. I'm hoping <laughs> maybe this summer I could just put it in my schedule and go down to the beach. I live less than five miles from the beach. You'd think I'd be at the beach all the time. Um, so uh, I don't like to use the word balance. I use the word rhythm. Mm. There's no balance. There's never going to be a balance. You're, if you're looking for 50-50, because that's what balance would be, right, if you're thinking about the seesaw, you know, like there, it's not going to be like that. So you have to have a rhythm. So the rhythm for us is just the way we've gone about operating Team Antonelli. I always had somebody at the house uh, every day that would – Work for us and help with the kids. Frank and I had a deal that when I was gone, I just asked him if he would be home for dinner and get him to bed, and um, that way he could, you know, do those. There's, those are things that he's very capable of doing um, very easily. You know, it's not like I'm asking for a lot, but it is different when the mom travels than when the dad travels. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband is absolutely wonderful, and I always believed to remove the guilt of being gone that. This was going to be good for my three young men because Frank is such a great man that they're going to get extra time with him and he's yeah. going to be they're going to see him doing things that usually you would see if you went with a traditional family the mom would be doing. So mm-hmm. um yeah, there are a lot of things I might have missed or I definitely sacrificed along the way, but I look at my three boys and I think, well maybe we we didn't I didn't screw them up. You know, like I didn't mess it up by not being there. And then when you add um Frankie and the, the extra that comes with that, there has to be an additional level of willingness mm-hmm. uh, around the team, including the advocacy inside the public school system and everything mm-hmm. to, to fight for him to have what he what he needed. That was an extra burden, uh, not, not in a negative way. It was an extra, mm-hmm. just extra. It was responsibility yeah. because, you know, your kids are going to go to kindergarten, and they're going to go to first grade, they're going to go to second grade. And we don't really make decisions for those kids, like my mm-hmm. other two. But for Frankie, every single thing is a decision that you have to decide how you're going to manage it, navigate it in the IEP, in the special education world, which yeah. uh, I'm not an expert on it. But um, I, I acted like a lawyer most days when I went to the school just because. And, and uh, <laughs> I just um, I think the rhythm is the key here. Uh, and, and just... You know, the other thing I would say is if I could go back to my younger self, I wish I would have enjoyed and not been stressed over every single thing about my kids and Mm -hmm. my career and everything else. I think it probably took years off my life because, like I said, I didn't sleep. And uh, if I had a game and I was home, uh, the first place I'd stop is at the school. I had a visible presence in the school, especially for Frankie, all the time because I felt like that was the right thing for us. Yeah. Uh, and I think they had a button down there in the front office, like, zzz, zzz, here she comes, Debbie's she's coming here. down the hall.
0: <laughs> Debbie alert, Debbie alert. <laughs>
2: but I also, like, this is a little unknown. I'll share this with you. Like, I never looked at it like me against them. It was together, and we needed to build the team. And I learned from some of the great coaches and communicators in sport mm-hmm. how to manage a team. So when I would be in the gym listening to – how a coach would talk to their team or what were they emphasizing or what were the key things and what are three really important things or outcomes that we need to have, not 15. And, and I would drill that with our team around Frankie. And I did that for, I'm still doing it in some ways, but I thought that was the best way for us to, to use the village to help manifest a great situation for Frankie and there, it wasn't easy. There were times when it was hard. And I know I've launched into another category, but uh, I only had two teachers and one bus driver fired. There should have been more. <laughs> so, so I, I, and that's a process to get a teacher fired in Charleston County School. So, Mama but Bear I never, came out. I never felt guilty about it, honestly, because it was their choice. It wasn't my choice. It was their choice by the way they conducted their business and they went about their, their job. If they had done their job properly, they wouldn't have been removed. Uh, but that was their that was their choice, not mine.
1: You, you so I don't feel it. bad
2: about it at all.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that's amazing. That's good advice, Debbie. That, but
2: maybe not the teacher yourself, it? but everything else. You yeah. you you guys you guys think, you know, right? Like we all think what's going to sure happen, can. Kelly? I'm going to have this baby. Uh, it's oh, I know I nothing. Call, I'm very like. I call it life behind the stroller. Yeah, right? I was thinking That's about right. that the other day when you said that okay. to me. I I push the stroller <laughs> behind Joey and it's a whole new world as a new mom and everything changes and everything about your fiber of being is invoked into this situation behind the stroller, pushing your kid <laughs> and what you see. And then you push the stroller behind Frankie and it's a totally different.
0: Totally different world. It, it's a
2: different. And so, um, you know, my... I'm just grateful for where I'm sitting and what we have, what we have, and the the three wonderful young men that Frank and I have, and I'm so grateful for that.
0: That's amazing and very beautifully said, and and fun to hear. You know th- those different points of views, Debbie. We know you got to go. We we got to get you out of here. You're on. You're a busy woman. You're onto your next thing. But before we do, uh, Kelly and I just wanted to to support you further, uh, and, and from our podcast, five hundred dollars to to your great cause. Guys, it's still open. We'll have all the link information right here. Uh, so just click that and continue to give. Debbie, it's open for, for a while, right? So people can still get in here.
2: Yes, 24HoursNBN.com is the link. You guys are tremendous. Thank you so much. I hope the broken finger uh, <laughs> uh, is going to help people feel a little empathy in the driveway. But, uh, That's right. you know, um, you you guys are wonderful. And I will say this on Mother's Day. And I will be finishing the task on Mother's Day. Uh, but the only thing I ever ask for from my family on Mother's Day for me is dinner with utensils. <laughs> Perfect. I want no pizza, no burgers, no chicken wings. You got to use a fork <laughs> and a knife to eat dinner.
0: Just a That's small it. ask. That's all it is.
2: That's great. Back, take notes for tacky.
0: I've, I've, got yeah. I've, got I've got it. I've got We've got it. our first Mother's Day coming up.
2: You'll see. It's not an easy quest. It's That's a right. challenging quest. <laughs> that is so
0: oh, good. That, this was so much fun. We're so grateful for your time. you got to get uh, out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Th- thank you so much. Both of you guys are brother and sister. You're peanut butter and jelly. I, I love you both, <laughs> and I'm so grateful for your support. Thank you. And I'm really, Emac, you know, I love you, but I'm really proud of Kelly. She's done a marvelous job. <laughs> me too, and, me too. Uh, I'm real, I know she's coming up next, and she's clipping at my heels, and she's chasing me down, and uh, I love it. I Keep pushing me, Kelly, and uh, I hope we get to do something together. Thanks again to
1: Debbie Antonelli for joining us. We really appreciate her time. This is a long time coming. We've been trying to get her on the podcast. She <laughs> is, of course, a fellow South Carolinian, lives in the Charleston area, which we love.
0: That's right. Come on.
1: And... Uh, Clemson is very close to her heart with Clemson life and her son, Frankie. So we appreciate Debbie's time very much. And Mac, you know, are you, I feel like after this episode, I'm still recovering, but I think you could go hit the driveway and do some of those burpee free throws. What do you think?
0: Listen, I am not doing a single burpee anymore in my life. (laughs) I did plenty of up downs in my life, uh, burpees, whatever you want to call them. I'm not interested. I'll shoot some free throws though. We can line it up and knock them down, whatever we want to do. <laughs> Such well, a fun Mac episode. and I are though, always Casey. down for that. That's right. Well, we'll shoot till our arms fall off. That's what we do. Uh, but such a fun episode. Just getting started, guys, with our summer guest series. It's locked and loaded for the entire summer. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, we've got like three more episodes here in May, and then we'll jump into some more fun in June and July and get ready for some college football Woo! season. Cannot wait. It's going to be here before we know it. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and McLane brought to you by our great friends over at Ingalls. Uh, really appreciate your guys' support. If you're not on YouTube, what are you doing? Jump over here. We'd love to see you guys see us. See me see you see us. I think that's what I said last time. And uh, you can see Debbie's reviews. broken finger. Yeah, her poor little finger. I honestly... I can't believe it. I, you know, women are so much stronger than men. I would have postponed this thing until it was totally <laughs> fixed. But Debbie mama mentality. She's going hard. Uh, also go over to Apple podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, but until next time, we'll see y'all.